0: Thank you, my North Central family. Thank you. We really matter to God, don't we? Right now, he's dancing over us with joy, rejoicing over us with singing. And by the way, he's also collecting our tears on his scroll, fertilizing the ground of character and love for the future. He is with us. He's Emmanuel. Praise his holy name. As I get, I'm excited to share with you this brief message on the hinges of humility, and there's a reason I chose that. When I was 21 and engaged to be married, dinosaurs roamed the earth and there were no Apple computers. I got this big box for my birthday, and Kathy was there with me, and I was so excited. Big, heavy box, and I knew it had to be the newest commentary set. And I opened it up, and it was a toolbox with, like, wrenches and hammers. And and, and I, I felt like Israel in the wilderness. What is it? And in the 40 years that my wife and I are celebrating of marriage and ministry together, she's used it more than me. But I just discovered that if love opens doors, hinges make it open well. And I want to share that with you, but I have to do a thank you right up front. You see, a little over two years ago, I had the honor of being the Moen chair for Pentecostal preaching, and we had a great time talking about dimensions, and I was on my way back here, and our, our granddaughter, our first grandchild born to our family, was about to was coming. I was so excited because I was going to be up all night, get on a plane and join you and do a happy dance with you. And we said hello and goodbye to baby Nora in seven hours. And you were there for us. Praying, loving on us. Came back in November and you embraced like no other community. Can I just say thank you? But I want you to see the second picture. The first one is my kids saying goodbye to Nora. And we've said hello four months ago to Clayton Aaron in the same family. And... um, I cannot, I cannot tell you our joy, and his middle name is Aaron from the Old Testament, but it's spelled A-R-O-N, the European spelling honoring my daughter-in-law's family, and it's Nora backwards, and he carries his sister forever. I think she's in, in the presence of Jesus wondering if she'll get to command him in the future kingdom, but you were there, and I just have to say thank you. And this picture is also a picture of kind of daily life, isn't it? I mean, this January has been amazing. The Lord has given us life and breath and we're rejoicing. And I can't wait for this recording to go viral and touch for the kingdom of God. And we've also been lamenting, haven't we? Some challenges. Can we just look at each other and say, yeah, it's been a wide range of feelings. My wife did a painting in honor of Nora called Joyous Lament. You see, 75% of what we eat from the ocean is born where sweet and salt meet. It's called an estuary. And in that place of sweet and salt is born the marine life that sustains the world and sustains us. Right now, many of you are having a saltier moment, and I want you to know that the Lord is with you and recording all of those tears. Some of you are having a sweet moment and don't feel guilty because they come in the same day sometimes. And it's okay. There's not a day we cannot weep over the human condition or rejoice over the goodness of God. And this morning, President Hagan said, Charlie, why are you so hopeful? It wasn't a rebuke, by the way. He was just asking. And I think there's two things. First of all, the giftedness of life itself. God did not make the heavens and earth because he lacked anything, but because there was so much love to overflow. And the fact that there's something and not nothing and that I have life and breath, I am forever grateful for. But there's something else why I'm hopeful. When I don't have answers, and no matter how many degrees I have, can I just tell you, I don't have answers sometimes for everything that happens. But I have a Jesus who on the cross asked why and didn't get an answer. And he took all of my unanswered questions. Can we give him praise for that? Can we give him praise? So I just want to honor you for being here and offering your praises. Some of it is a sacrifice of praise today. And he hears it and delights in it and prays his name. So let's talk a little bit. I want to read some scriptures with you. I'd like you to join with me. We're just going to read some scriptures about humility. My friend Justin Buzzard in the Silicon Valley says there's one thing that God seems to honor above all else in the life of his people, and that's humility. So would you just join me? Let's read the first one from the book of Micah. Help me out. What the Lord requires of you to act justly to love faithfulness, to walk humbly with your God. How about Isaiah fifty seven fifteen? Join with me. I live in a high and holy place and with the oppressed and humble of heart. Let's just pause there for a moment. God is above the heavens, isn't he? And he's with us in our oppression and humility. He has a particular concern John Perkins says, for justice. And justice is when we go past toleration to shalom and past peace to wanting the best. He's above the heavens and he lives with us as we struggle for justice. Let's keep reading. In Proverbs and James and Peter, God resists the proud but gives grace to the Let's say that again. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you. I'd like to be on the side of grace, not resistance. So let's, let's, let's take a moment, just a few minutes, and see what happens. One more scripture, though, Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me. Because I am lowly and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Every good thing God commands of us, he first demonstrates in himself. Every relationship that's positive, God first demonstrates in himself. Jesus says, Come and come next to me. I'm kind of the senior fellow in this operation, but latch on to me, and I'm going to show you how to get a real rest and get some work done. I'm going to show you how to walk, not religiously, but relationally. But the key is humility. So there's five, maybe six hinges, doors that open when we humble ourselves. So let me share these with you. And we're going to pray each one in together. First of all, I just have to share, humility is not self-hatred or false modesty. Take this and make it your life message. Self-denial is not self-destruction. And humility is not humiliation and self-hatred. Humility is recognizing who God is and who we are at the same time. When I start thinking about who God is and who I am, humility isn't really hard. (laughs) But it's when I start putting myself in the place of God and then trying to fashion a God after my likeness, then the pride comes. Isn't that the first sin that our parents didn't figure out? So humility is something powerful. So number one, door, the hinge of humility. Number one, humility opens the door to delight in God. Could we just spend the next three hours with this worship choir and team? (sighs) But you see, in order for it to be more than just a, a feeling, folks, we have to really believe that he is far above the heavens and we're on his footstool. In order to delight in him, we have to appreciate who he is. So humility opens the door. By the way, the fundamental reason people don't come to Jesus isn't just because the church fails. We do isn't just because there's all kinds of religious stuff in the way. It is. I'm borrowing uh, Dr. Tennyson's methodology here. It's not because. You know what the real issue is underneath it all? Is that the gospel requires humility because there's nothing we bring of our own righteousness to earn our way with God. Folks, your, your struggles and sins they're serious and God wants to help you with them, but they don't keep you from him. Your hang-ups and hurts don't keep you from him. It's self-will that keeps us from unlocking the kingdom of God. And I have the worst last name for a, for a preacher, I know, okay? So you come up with a new, a new cliche if you want. But may I just suggest, when he's God and we're not, the, the door opens for delight in him. Second thing that humility does is that humility opens the door to healing and hope in our life. Some of you today, and this is not a word of knowledge, though I believe it's wisdom from the Spirit, some of you today, there's some real healing that you're in the midst of, and the Lord wants you to know that if you'll humble yourself and ask for help through a human being, divine power will begin to flow. Now, by the way, some, aren't you glad when God just does it directly? Is that okay? Okay. God just delivers, heals, sets free in a moment of time. Can we praise God for this? But he often likes to use another member of the body of Christ and even sometimes an outsider to be a doorway of healing in order that we can receive their gifts. Sisters and brothers, if there's healing needed today, humble yourself and say, Lord, I really need healing. And can I just tell you, You have an entire community here that will rally around you and help you be healed. You have amazing student development people, amazing counselors, mentors, coaches, friends, professors who will come around you. God has a whole team for you. Others of you, you really struggle with hope for the future. I mean, you you, you say the right things in a worship service and then underneath you kind of have, it's sort of like the difference between Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. You know, yes, praise God, it's all good. It'll never happen. We, we feel that way sometimes. You know, it's sort of like people who say, the power of prayer, but they don't actually pray. Okay? And so, can I just say, if hope is a challenge, and by the way, my wife and I love each other, we're a great compliment to each other, and we couldn't be more different. My superintendent, Gene Roncone, came to dinner. He and Rhonda came to dinner one night, and we just hosted them, had a great time. He goes, I've never met two people more different. How do you make it work? And of course, my answer was, you say yes, dear, more often than not, and you win, you know. But, my, but you know what our real answer was? The real answer was humility before God and each other. Yeah, thank you. Literally, Literally right there. My wife's temperament, highly sensitive, a little bit melancholy, some childhood emotional neglect in her background, hoping doesn't come naturally, but her hope factor keeps growing when she says, Lord, I know that you have a vision of what I can be both now and forever, and can I just tell you, her hope grows every day. It's not natural, it's supernatural, but humility is the starting point for healing and for hope. Number three, the third hinge, and I hope you'll enjoy this one, but, um, and that is that humility opens the door to healthy relationships. Not only do we need to become whole, but some of that wholeness comes through healthy relationships. Humility means we learn about culture. We learn about people's space. We learn about how to serve and, and listen deeply and think before we speak. And humility opens the door. By the way, it also opens the door to good boundaries. When relationships get toxic, humility says, God, I need your help here and I need to put a boundary. Humility, remember, it's not humiliation. It's wanting the best for God's glory in the other. And humility opens the door to healthy relationships. Humility opens the door in our marriages. Those of you who are married... It opens the door to mutuality and delight and a depth that you've never known before. And those of you in friendships, can we thank God for the friendships he's put in our life? Yeah, go ahead. Give him praise. Praise God. I've got a long ways to go, and Kathy will tell you that my learning curve is vertical, okay? But I am half as grateful, hopeful, and Helpful as I am today because I had sisters and brothers like you embrace this 15-year-old kid and say, you matter to God, and embrace this broken 17-year-old whose parents were divorcing and said, you matter to God. And a 70-year-old mentor asking this 20-year-old new preacher for advice and said, you matter to God. You see, humility opens the door to friendship. And I'm doing work today because I walked through a door made a friend and said, how can I serve? Instead of walking through a door and said, what's in it for me? Dick Foth, one of my dear friends and mentors, said this, you'll never be unemployed if you ask how you can serve. You may not be rich, but you won't be unemployed. (laughs) Number four, humility opens the door to our calling. I've been having such in the classrooms, helping people realize that we're always more than our job description, and yet what we do every day begins to create our destiny. Today's discipline is tomorrow's destiny, and yet we bring our calling to everything that we do. Sisters and brothers, thank you for being called to the arts, to business, to pastoral ministry, to missionary endeavors, to charitable work, to social work. Thank you for being called to influence education and politics, to influence these dimensions of society. But that sense of self that is healthy begins with humility, saying, oh God, fashion me according to your best plan. Help me not to invent myself according to my fantasy. Fashion me. Fashion me. To even be said to have been a friend or mentor to some of the women and men that serve you here is such an honor, but I had the honor of walking with and encouraging and then learning from every single person I had a chance to be a friend to. Finally, as we get ready to pray together, humility opens the door to meaning and power in our daily activities humility opens the door to fruitfulness in our daily activities not everything we do is going to be scintillating and exciting i just have news for you by the way my students i have a lot of grad students uh, master's and doctoral students and i have 2 weeks worth of papers waiting for me um but i love them and therefore i grade papers and they love God and have invested time and therefore they write the papers, but none of us are going to ex- ex- uh, say that it's an ecstatic moment when you're writing a paper. Sometimes it's just work, and I love getting to the gym. It's been, a, it's been almost two weeks on the road, so my body is saying, please go lift again. Get on the treadmill. Watch diners, drive-ins, and dives and see the 1,000-calorie burger as you try to burn 500, right? You know, you know but get on the treadmill. But you know what? Um, today's discipline is tomorrow's destiny. Today there are lessons to learn if you'll humble yourself and have ears to hear. Now, my Old Testament uh, scholar friends will affirm this, that in the Hebrew language, there's more than one word for hear. There's sort of the hearing and passing, and then there's hearing with a disposition to obey. And so when the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, it's not saying, Here's a good idea from social media. It's saying your whole life is built on knowing who he is. And what I'd like us to do is I'd like us together to take a moment and do two things simultaneously. I want us to humble ourselves and then I want us to let God lift us up in praise. Would you join with me in prayer? Hallelujah. Lord, we humble yourself under your mighty hand, and according to your word, you lift us up. We say together, oh God, forgive us, where we've allowed our self-will to become more important than your will. Please forgive us, Lord. Now we ask you as well to heal us of all those negative recordings in our brains. Right now, in Jesus' name, you need to bring that abuse, that rejection, that apathy, those recordings that put something in your spirit that said you don't measure up. In Jesus Christ, we're not only forgiven, but we are elevated and seated with him. And the Lord wants you to know you do measure up because you've humbled yourself and I'm raising you up. So, right now, Lord, we bring you those recordings. I bring you that teacher in seventh grade. I bring you that parental remark. I bring you that hard relationship. I bring you that moment. And I, we thank you, Lord, that your voice can now be heard as we humble ourselves and let you heal us in Jesus' name. Lord, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And we thank you, Lord. You unlock the door to knowing you in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. we humble ourselves, O oh God, and we rededicate ourselves to justice. Would you do that today? We don't want any culture, any person, any situation to miss the access and equity and opportunity the kingdom of God gives to people. So we humble ourselves, God. Help us be servants of your justice today. And now, Lord, we exalt you together. Would you begin to praise him? Would you begin to thank him? Would you begin to give him honor and glory? He's worthy of our praise. We exalt you, Lord. You lift the lowly. You put the lonely in families. You give the hopeless hope in Jesus' name. And we sing a new song to you, Lord, today. And we thank you for these hinges of humility. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you say amen? Amen. Thank you so much for the honor of being with you. Phenomenal.